blink and you missed it last night, but the exhibition schedule for the Vegas Golden Knights is over. A 4-1 win over the Arizona Coyotes, and they will enjoy today as a day off before they get ready for the start of the round robin portion on Monday. Welcome to VGK Daily, the podcast. I'm Darren Millard, along with radio play-by-play announcer Dan Duva. And just before we get into the game itself, Dan, what was that like calling the game off the monitor? I'm not saying I would want to do it in comparison to being in an arena. However, with as much technology as we now have at our fingertips, it was pretty impressive. I think I could have landed the space shuttle from our studios here at City National Arena. <laughs> you had a lot going on in there. It, uh, yeah, it, big it, screens. You know, we've got you know audio stuff, all kinds of wires and connections, and and then I've I've got my old-fashioned handwritten papers with my notes on. <laughs> well, as impressive as that was, uh, shaking off four and a half months of inactivity when it comes to game action and jumping out there. What did you think of the Vegas Golden Knights uh, after the 4-1 win? Well, I was thinking about how do I feel with having not done play-by-play of a game in so long. I wonder if a player might feel something similar because you can only do so much to mimic a game. Obviously, training camp, the practices... I've listened to old broadcasts. I've listened to other broadcasters. You know, we've even done some of this play-by-play of the scrimmage. None of that replicates calling a game. And so for these guys, nothing replicates an actual contest against an opposing team. And sure, the final score looks nice, 4-1 to with the empty netter. Knights get two in the first, and it was 2-0 going to the third and Arizona had some power play time in the third, and that was the only opportunity, it seemed, that the Coyotes had control or the momentum of the game. For the most part, there's not too much to be displeased with on the Golden Knights' side. You know, Pete DeBoer comments a, a little bit about, you know, the ice got a little bit choppy, and he thought there'd be a little bit more sloppiness given the amount of time off. But all things considered... I'm happy about the play-by-play, and I think the coach is happy about the team. (laughs) We'll get to Pete in just a second, but when you evaluate the game, a sluggish start for Vegas in the first period, but they did lead 2-0. Riley Smith with a couple of uh, special teams goal. uh, Much better second period, and then they got pushed, and they challenged right back in the third period. You got a little bit of everything. Right, and when you have the sort of game where you – can kind of exercise different aspects of things. You, you you take all of those positives. Pete DeBoer was asked about. <laughs> I chuckled, but you know, would you like to have had more chances for flurry, more shots, and more work for your goaltender? And he said, no. <laughs> you know, like, sure. Like, would Mark Andre like to kind of work the kinks out? Maybe. But you saw even he was busy Mark, in the third, though. Well, last right. Night. And, he, and he was busy in the third. But you could see even early on, and he wasn't tested very much. But even then, he wasn't straying far from the blue ice. It was not the Mark Andre who's all over the place and trying to put his stamp on the game and getting involved. And he was conservative, more conservative than you'd normally see him play. That's fine. Uh, the Knights penalty kill scores a goal. Golden Knights power play scores a goal. And once you got through that first period and then you really kind of got things really going yeah. in the second period, it's bit like they, they kind of hit that point. They didn't need to sustain it the rest of the game, in my opinion. It's like, okay, now we know we 
can hit that spot. We're we're there. Like it's not a, a playoff game quite yet, but we know we've kind of hit our stride. Yeah, you do half a good lap in a race car, and you go, okay. Yeah, right. Uh, I, got, I got good tires. Yeah, I'm not going to yeah, use right. them all up here. Exactly. Well, uh, Smith with a pair of goals. Alex Tuck with a beauty uh, cool. short side uh, on an individual rush. Uh, Nick Cousins with a three-point game uh, with an empty net goal. Ryan Reeves was dominant. That line was great. Uh, you could sure tell that they hadn't really hit anybody for a couple of weeks, <laughs> <laughs> the, the way they played. Uh, there, was, there was a lot to like. Uh, let's get some post-game reactions starting with the head coach, Pete DeBoer. The ice got a little bit choppy. Uh, I, I expected a, maybe a little sloppier game, but I, I thought we we really, uh, I thought, defended well. We didn't give them a lot. There was a flurry in the third where they grabbed some momentum, some power plays where we got on our heels a little bit. But uh, I thought for sure through, you know, the first 40, 45 minutes of the game, uh, I really liked uh you know, how we put pressure on them uh, offensively and didn't give up much defensively. You know, I thought Tucky was was all over the ice. Um, and I thought uh, Nick Waugh and, and Cuz really had good games too. Uh, you know, a bunch of different aspects of it. So, you know, I think, I think uh, for sure our depth was uh, a difference maker tonight and it's got to be going forward. A couple of the wrinkles that Pete DeBoer was working in during training camp made their way into this exhibition game. Zach Whitecloud was on the ice for just shy of four minutes of shorthanded time. And Riley Smith and William Carlson were reunited in camp, killing penalties. They combined to open up the scoring on a beautiful saucer pass by Carlson over to Smith for a one-timer, the first of two for Smith. You'll hear from him after Marc-Andre Fleury who stopped 22 of 23 for the victory. I thought the team looked good right from the start. Uh, maybe from the start, they, they cut, you know, they brought it, up, brought it to us a bit, but it didn't take too long. Our guys found their legs and um, played very solid. You know, you're right, they have a lot of speed on that team, but we we matched it. I thought no problem. And um, and like I said before, we, we controlled the puck a lot and we created a lot offensively. So uh, it's fun, fun to watch guys go. Yeah, and just going off that, I think, you know, when we have all our lines going, and I think we did tonight, it's really tough on teams. Um, you know, I think Nozick's line did a great job tonight being able to to change momentum. Uh, you know, in every game, other teams are going to get different momentum swings, and they did a good job shutting them down, and uh, we were able to build off that and create offense. I felt good. You know, we we had time to practice, you know, many times before that, and um yeah, I, I thought I feel pretty good. Sometimes it's mentally that slow longer, you know, playing that 60-minute game once you haven't uh, played, you know, in a long time. And I didn't have many shots, you know, throughout the game, so I probably made it a little easier physically. But uh, mentally, sometimes it's tougher to, to stay in it. And um, maybe that was my biggest fight a bit tonight. And I think we're probably a little sloppy at the start. Um, just stuff like that you're not really used to in practice. Uh kind of seemed like there was a lot of bodies kind of running into each other, especially at the start of the game. So I think we did a good job cleaning it up after that, but um, just little things like that that we needed to adjust to. You know, personally, I felt well. We've been practicing so much, and um, we've had a lot of tempo in our practices, and we, we've been pushing each other. So, I mean, I think a lot of the guys felt like the game went pretty quick. So, um, you know, that's pretty, uh, it's a pretty good testament to, to us being in shape and being ready to play. So when you look back at last night, 
What are your takeaways as far as turning it around to Monday? One of the concerns for the Golden Knights would be the absence of Max Pacioretty. We don't know how long he'll be absent, but who fills his spot? Chandler Stevenson on that line, bumping him from the third line with Wah and Tuck up to that top line there with Carlson and, and Stone. And then, as a result, Nick Cousins moves from fourth-line center to third-line wing. So it's Cousins with Wah and Tuck. And as you've already enumerated, lots of points on the third line for Cousins, Wah, and Tuck. And you also point out the fourth line with Nosick in his very familiar spot between Carrier and Reeves. That fourth line started each period today. They started each of the 19 games prior to the NHL pause. There's that faith in that group to set the momentum. And that third and fourth line, uh, that that dynamic that those two lines bring was right on. I know it was an exhibition game, but it was, when you put them all together, was probably the best performance by the bottom six all year. Yes, exactly, perfectly said. I, I agree, not only because of the production, but because of the way they dictated the game. Yeah, presence. The presence, right. Whether it's the physical side of things or mixing it up, but just the pace. You know, Alex Tuck found himself in just the right spot time and time again. Rewarded with that mm-hmm. pretty goal and a couple of points, yes. But finding himself in the right spot, I can only imagine the confidence that he must have given his injuries this year, in and out of the lineup, all this time off, putting on 10 pounds of muscle in this this break, that he is where he is. He must feel really happy about what he did today. A couple of observations. Uh, Ryan Reeves did hit uh, Nick Schmaltz hard in the corner. Player safety had a good look at it. They reserved the right to take another look at it, but it does sound like the... Uh, leaning in of Schmaltz put the head in a vulnerable spot and that it was going to be a clean body check until Schmaltz had the angle with his head out front. So Reeves going to get a pass there. Yeah, principal point of contact appeared to be the shoulder toward the chest and then the shoulder kind of comes up and then gets him in the chin. That I'd imagine would be part of the, the thinking as well. And Reeves was not penalized on the play. Zach Whitecloud was called for holding on the play. I was play. still trying to figure that one out. <laughs> yeah, it was head scratcher, uh, you know, exhibition for the officials too. But that, uh, I think, really drew the ire of Rick Tockett because mm-hmm. there was little to no reaction from the Coyotes. Gary Lawless and I were speculating on the radio. I wonder why. Could it have been out of view from their bench? Or maybe mm. it was the lack of crowd reaction. Or it was Ryan Reeves. Or it was Ryan Reeves, yes. which is probably the right answer. That was, that was sort of where I was I was leaning. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury wasn't overly busy, but uh, had a strong third period and made one of those uh, spectacular Fleury saves where he swept the puck from, from behind his back, the sixth cent type save. So I, I think that's a good indication just in itself. And we expect for Fleury and Leonard to alternate here with Fleury getting this one. And you'd anticipate Leonard would go against the Dallas Stars and then Fleury and then Leonard again. The big decision will come round one, whoever the Golden Knights face, who gets to start that series. And depending on how it goes, what is Pete DeBoer thinking? And the Knights duo, and they are so different in their styles. They've not been teammates for long. They alternated the final six games before the pause with success. Robin Leonard's 3-0, and and Fleury seemed to have been motivated by that goalie competition. 
Is there still a measure of competition here? It certainly seems like there should be. And you would, if as a Golden Knights fan, hope that mm-hmm. that leads to expert goaltending from both of them, whoever, whoever gets in there. Before we go, final uh, observation is uh, on the audio part of the game, the sound. One, credit to you guys. Listen to you and, uh, and Gary last night had the sound turned down on the TV. You guys turned up. Thank you. You could not tell that you guys were not at the rink. So credit to everybody involved, uh, Lotus Broadcasting, and, uh, and I know Harvin and, and Garrett uh, with the BGK side. Uh, great job. Thank you. I, I think that what makes for a seemingly normal hockey broadcast in terms of the audio has as much to do with the natural sounds of the game as compared to, let's say, baseball. Having mm-hmm. watched some Major League Baseball in empty stadiums, unless it's the crack of the bat or the pop of the glove, you don't hear players' cleats on the dirt. No. You don't, you don't hear bodies bumping against each other because they're, they don't have that aspect of the game. In hockey, you hear skates on ice constantly. So long as the puck is in play, people are going to be skating, and you'll feel that through the sounds of the game. And obviously the body contact, the puck hitting off a person or off the boards, off the glass, when bodies collide, all of those things create sound. And it's sort of a, not to get too, <laughs> you know, deep into this, but I think that those natural sounds you'd hear in any rink were captured really well by the audio technicians in Edmonton and then our folks here implementing it just right. And I, I think it, it sounds good. I, I, I'll, I'll take it a step further. The accomplishments of the audio technicians. Mm-hmm. You know, all the stuff that we did here that you just ran down, you know what we didn't hear? Nick Chalmerson, <laughs> who right. got deuced uh, yes. for an unsportsmanlike conduct. So the mute button, yes. who, these sensors, and they do, they are working on a five-second delay. Somebody was on top of it. Oh, yeah. And, and we could tell because there are digital audio artifacts whenever they need to use that delay Mm -hmm. and it sounds like someone's hitting rewind on an old-fashioned tape player so you can hear that it sounds you know it sounds like someone's talking in a reverse and that's for that five second delay to then catch back up and so on so when you hear the audio (laughs) distorted kind of going backwards you know that the bleep button has been pushed by the guy in charge and they're just trying to get rid of in this case jalmerson's comments which uh you know drew the minor penalty uh i was a little surprised in an exhibition game that we got an unsportsmanlike conduct but uh hey that uh, worked out for the Vegas Golden Knights. Lots of work in the power play, penalty kill, and a 4-1 win, and uh, that's through the exhibition season. Without Max Pacioretty, hopeful, uh, sounded like Pete DeBoer uh, was encouraging uh, the fact that he could be back sooner than later. That's what Pete DeBoer says. Uh, you know, I guess you don't want to read too much into one comment from the coach. Um, how much do you read into the fact that Pacioretty did not travel with the team? Um, in other words, if we were ready to go, you know, for the, the first game, you know, we probably would have traveled with the mm-hmm. team. So uh, I have no idea. I think that based on the comments, there, there's optimism. So um, we'll see. The other One side of it between is between now yeah. and next Thursday. Yeah. Right. And, and Lots so, of runway. Right. And so you think about, okay, the round robin games, they are what they are. The Golden Knights would love to get the top spot. But 
when they're done on the 8th, you've got the 9th, you've got the 10th, and then it'll be August 11th, the earliest date that round one could start. And maybe that's a date at least I have in mind for uh, hopeful that maybe Max could be there for then. And again, I have no inside information. I have no idea. Maybe it's it's weeks longer. Maybe it's days sooner. I don't know. But I, I, I wonder if that is a target, at least in, in the minds of some. But at the same time, Pete DeBoer is talking about as great of a player as Max Pacioretty is and as valuable as he has been to this team. They've got the depth and they have trust in the players they're putting in there. Sounds cliche, but I think he really does mean it. And given what we saw today, that lower part of the lineup producing, uh, you can't dispute it. Thanks, Dan. My pleasure, Darren. Good to be with you. It's uh, it's nice that you get up early and, and do this after calling your first game in four and a half months. Uh, that's the VGK Daily Podcast. We'll be back with you tomorrow to tee up uh, the practice on Saturday and Sunday as we work towards the opening of the round robin for the Golden Knights on Monday.